You know, there's an old song, and some of you may recognize this. It says, there's within my heart a melody. Jesus whispers sweet and low. Fear not, I am with you. Peace be still in all life's ebb and flow. Jesus, 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 sweetest name I know. And I don't know the rest of that. Fills my every longing. Keeps me singing as I go. Has the Lord given you a song? Just tell him he is your song today. You are my song, Lord. You are my song. You are my deliverer. And I love this verse three. Pastor Tom, did you know this song growing up? Okay, you don't, we don't need to do it now, but you, can, you could probably learn it so we can sing it. How many of you folks in the back know that song? Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. All right. In the front, of course, you guys. Yeah? All right, Ronnie. We might have Ronnie help us sing that sometime. And then verse 3 says, I love this, feasting on the riches of his grace, resting neath his sheltering wing, always looking on his smiling face. That is why I shout and sing. Jesus, 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 sweetest name I know, fills my every longing, keeps me singing as I go. Hallelujah. Maybe you've lost your song, but I encourage you to stir yourselves up and get your song back. And just sing unto the Lord. Look upon his smiling face. Feast on his glory and his grace. Amen? The Bible says he will satisfy the longing soul. And you will find that as he satisfies your longing soul, other great things will happen in your life. Where you're broken, he can make you whole. Where you need to be fixed, he can fix you. Where you have lack, he can fully supply. It's all looking unto him. Not looking unto man for our supply or our health, but looking unto him. For he is the author and the finisher of your faith. Amen. Amen. You may be seated. Praise the Lord. Well, you're ready to get in the word. Amen. Let's pray over the word as we approach it. Father, in the name of Jesus, we pray that you continue to speak to our hearts. We're encouraged in the Lord today. We give you glory. We give you honor and praise in Jesus name. Amen. In Joel chapter 2, verse 21, the Bible says, Fear not, O land, be glad and rejoice, for the Lord will do great things. Verse 23, he says, Be glad then, you children of Zion, and rejoice in the Lord your God, for he has given you the former rain moderately. Now, when the Bible talks about rain, it's talking about the presence of God, the glory of God, and the invasion of God in a city, in a life, in a nation, in a world. 
And he will cause to come down for you the rain, the former rain and the latter rain in the first month. Last week we talked about that the former rain was moderate, but in Haggai chapter 2 verse 9, it says that the glory of this latter house shall be greater than of the former, says the Lord. That's wonderful. When we recognize and understand and identify this fact that we are his house in the earth today. Paul, talking to the church at Corinth, says, Know ye not that you are the temple of God and that the Spirit of God dwells in you. You are a living, walking temple of his presence in the earth today. And we talked a little bit about identifying him in your own life. Let's refresh our hearts in Colossians chapter 1. Notice with me in verse 26 and verse 27. Colossians, the first chapter, verse 26. Let's read it together. Ready, read. Verse 27, to whom God would make known what is the riches of the glory of this mystery among the Gentiles, which is Christ in you, the hope of glory. Say this with me, Christ in me, the hope of glory. The word hope is a having a confident, favorable expectation. When I hope for glory in my marriage, and I hope for glory in my body, and I hope for glory in my business, and I hope for glory in my soul, it is because it is Christ in me, the hope of glory. In other words, you can have an expectation of good things when you learn to tap into who you are in Christ, who Christ is in you, and that the very glory of heaven lives on the inside of you. Amen. 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 Christ in you. The expectation of glory. The expectation of his presence permeating our very lives. You and I are called to glory. The Bible says in Thessalonians that you would walk worthy of God who has called you into his kingdom and into his glory. In 2 Peter chapter 1 and verse 3, and I do want you to notice that verse with me this morning. 2 Peter chapter 1 and verse 3. <clears throat> says, according as his divine power has given us all things that pertain to life and godliness. So when we're talking about Christ in you, the hope of glory, yes, there is a hope of glory that we're all going to heaven. But glory doesn't, you don't have to wait for his presence till you get to heaven. Because this divine power has been given to you, amen, that, that all things that pertain to life and godliness... Through the knowledge of him, now read that last phrase with me, that has called us to glory and virtue. So we see then that we can be confident, we can be strong in the hope of our calling. Think about this. 
Paul prayed for the church at Ephesus. And he prayed that the church at Ephesus would know what is the hope of their calling. Don't you want to know what you're called to? You know, if we don't know what we're called to, we'll just kind of wander through life aimlessly with no purpose, with no presence, and with no sense of direction. But when you know that you're called to, as the temple of the Holy Ghost, to have his presence manifest in you, on you, and through you, that makes a big difference in your life. When you get up in the morning and you know there's a purpose for you breathing, you are alive in this day and in this hour, called to glory to be a blessing. Amen. 1 Peter chapter 2 and verse 9 says this. It says, you are a chosen generation. You know, you could have been born in the 1800s before they had indoor plumbing. You could have driven or rode a buggy to church, but instead you got in your nice warm car. But you are a chosen, we are a chosen generation to be alive in this time. A royal priesthood. I'm looking at royalty today. Pastor, I don't fear, feel very royal. We're not talking about how you feel. We're talking about what you are. There's a difference between how you feel and what you are. What you are never changes according to the word of God. What you feel changes sometimes every day. Amen? That's why we instruct people to live by the word and not by their feelings. To walk by faith and not by sight. To walk by faith and not by fright. To walk by faith on the inside and not by what we see on the outside. Thank you, Lord. Thank God for the privilege of living by faith. And the Bible says you're a holy nation. Well, somebody says, I haven't been living holy. Well, get with it. A peculiar person, that doesn't mean you're an oddball. You're peculiar to the world. You are uncommon to the world. You are a peculiar person. Literally means that you and I are purchased possessions. So why? That we should show forth the praises of him who has called us out of darkness. You've been called out of addiction. You've been called out of religion. You've been called out of things that weighed you down in life before Jesus gave you a lift. Amen. What a lift it is. I mean, there ain't no higher lift than the most high lifts. He lifted you up and made you sit together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. So why? That we should show forth the praises of him that has called you out of darkness now notice this statement, into his marvelous light. His light is marvelous. His glory is splendid. His glory is bright. You've been called into glory, called into his marvelous light. Amen. And even though you may not have been walking in this, you can walk in it. Even though you may not understand everything that has been said, hang around, sit under the word, 
Let the word take root in your life and you can walk in his marvelous light. You can walk in what you're called to. You can walk in the presence of God. I mean, on my ugliest days, the Lord looks down, the Father looks down, and Pastor Martin says, he's still mine. On your ugliest day, you're still his. And he has not given up on us one iota. He that has begun a good work in you, he will complete it. He will perform it until the day of Jesus Christ. And all we need to do is cooperate with his construction program. I don't know about you, but I know about me. I'm under construction. I haven't arrived, but by the grace of God, I'm on my way. How about you? Don't let those little things that have laid you down on the side of life and in the ditch of life keep you down there. Get yourself back up, get back on the right path, and let God continue to do a work in you. Amen. Good preaching, Pastor. Glory to God. Let's take a little transition in this message this morning. The work of redemption is not just so that we can go to heaven when we die. But rather so we can move and he can move in us while we're here on this earth. So that you and I could be mobile houses for the presence of God. The presence of God. Now, I understand that life can be difficult. And I understand that we are all faced with challenges we are all faced with problems. But listen to this statement. The presence of a problem never trumps the presence of God. Just because there is a problem, just because there is a challenge, does not mean that the presence of God has suddenly left you. No, we serve a God who said, I will never leave you. I will never forsake you. You know, it's so important to him for us to know that he's among us. It's so important for him to know that we know that he loves us. He must know some things about us that we don't know. He must know some things about you that your wife doesn't know. He must know some things about you that your husband doesn't know. The bottom line is this, you are valuable to him. Now, I believe this, that you and I, with practice, with practice, everyone say with practice. How many have ever belonged to a sporting team or maybe played an instrument or maybe played golf? The thing that you need to do to get better in your craft or to get better in your sporting life is to do what? Practice. To practice. We all know the statement, practice makes perfect. practice makes perfect. Okay? Now, when you get out of practice, your timing gets off. Right? Perhaps some of you maybe have been gotten out of practice with the presence of the Lord. Take heart. You can get back in. With just some basic little things, you can practice the presence of God in your daily walk. It isn't difficult. It's not tough. 
But it's something that you must and we must set our hearts to. I believe this, that with some practice, Heart of the Bay Christian Center corporately can experience more of his presence. I believe that with some practice and with some training, that you individually, you can sense more of his glory and more of his presence in your daily life. Amen. I believe this, that the Lord would have us to be more aware of his presence than we are of our problems. See, what happens sometimes, I know it's happened with me, I'll just be honest with you, uh, problems kind of stack up and challenges kind of stack up and the practice kind of goes down. And as a result of the problems going up and practicing his presence going down, I get weighed down. And some of the things that weigh us down are the cares of this life. Okay? Now, the Bible says, casting all your care, for he cares for you. You need to make the confession, I don't have a care. And when cares come, you need to not receive them, but rejoice that God is in you and among you and for you, even though the presence of problems is knocking on the door of your soul. But the sombre de stevastote, and de queste falado no mongli, but you can, if you will, just switch now over into my presence and take those problems to me. Yea, lift them into my presence. Put them into my hands. Oh, into my capable hands. And the weight of my glory shall rest upon you. And you shall have peace in the storm and peace in the midst of turmoil. And you shall make it to the other side, whole and complete, wanting nothing. Hallelujah. Let's raise our hands and praise him. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. The psalmist demonstrated this for us. Uh, I want you to turn over to Psalms 23, a very, very familiar uh, psalm, isn't it? The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. Hallelujah. What I want you to do is I want you to look at verse 5. And you can pull it up. In the message, I'll quote it from the King James. First of all, the King James says, You prepare a table before me. Now, where is this table? So this table that is prepared for us here on earth is right in the presence of our enemies. And so when the enemy comes, he brings problems. He brings challenges. But this table is prepared for us in the presence of our enemies. Hallelujah. And he anoints our head with oil, and our cup runs over. Now look at this in verse 5 in the message. Read it with me. This is shouting ground right here. You serve me a six-course dinner right in front of my enemies. You revive my drooping head. Six-course? Brenda and I have had the privilege of going on some cruises before. We went with Reverend George and his, his wife, Terry. I think it was maybe our 10th or 15th anniversary down in the Caribbean years ago. And remember Oral? Oral was our waiter. He was a Christian man from one of the Caribbean islands. But they would literally bring a six-course meal to your table. Every night. And if you didn't like the tenderloin beef, you could get the lobster. 
And if you didn't like the lobster, you could get the chicken. But if you liked all of them, you could get them all. Well, God likes putting good things on his table for his kids. Now, on God's table, it's more than a six-course meal. Amen? You could think of all the things on God's table. There's healing, there's righteousness, there's joy, there's peace, there's love. I mean, on and on and on. But he just enjoys placing all these things at your disposal, even though the problems may be surrounding you. That will bring revival to anybody's drooping head. Amen. And my cup, what does it do? It brims over with blessing. Woo, glory. Don't get too hungry now. We're not done yet. Now, here's a statement that I want you to, to grab hold of today. I'm going to say it a couple times. This is really good. The presence that makes a difference. The presence that makes a difference for your victory, for your rest, is not the absence of the enemy. Let me say that again. The presence that makes a difference is not the absence of the enemy. Problems, pressures, and people, but it is the presence of God. The three P's, problems, pressures, and even sometimes people. And so it is the presence of God that makes all the difference. I'm so glad for it, aren't you? You know, you see three truths in the Bible about God and man. Number one, we see that God is with us, do we not? Number two, we see that God is what? For us. Romans 8, 31 says, if God be, who can be against us? I like what one translation, well, that's not a translation. It's a preacher that said this, and I think it was me. If God be for us, what difference does it make who's against us? Okay? Yes. God is for us. But he's also in us. In us. He's in us. This verse of scripture in 1 John 4, 4, I want you to pull it up here. Uh, We see this uh, in the context of him saying to those he's writing to, which is us, to believe not every spirit, but try the spirits. You know, there's the spirit of Antichrist in the world, and don't be so bummed out by all the darkness that's in the world, because you're of God. (laughs) You're of God. You are of God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Raul, who are you of? I'm of God. <laughs> Amen. 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 Who are you of? God. You're, you are of God. Amen. Little children. And, well, I'm just trying to overcome. I'm just trying to overcome. No, we have overcome them. Yeah. 
The reason why we have overcome them is because he has already overcome them. And we enforce that overcoming that he overcame the devil with by the blood of the lamb and by the word of our testimony. And have overcome them. Because weaker is he. Well, you know, God's getting old. He's got bursitis and he's got arthritis. And, you know, I mean, he's getting weaker. No, 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 no. God's a spirit. Hallelujah. Greater. Greater. Remember this all week long. Greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. Greater is he that is in you than the challenges you will face this week. And you will face them. Just by virtue of us living in this world, we will face challenges. But Jesus didn't say get bummed out and hide in a cave. He said, be a good cheer because I've overcome the world. This scripture brings cheer to my heart. It makes me happy because greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. Now, thank you, Lord. Okay. I'm just trying to see how to do the rest of this service. Hallelujah. Lift your hands up and praise him with me. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. It is not important that I get through a bunch of notes. What is important is that he speaks to your hearts and that you get something to, to feed on this week. Amen? Hallelujah. So when we talk about the glory of God and we talk about his manifesting his glory, there are ways that you and I can practice his presence so that we become more aware of his presence. Amen. 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 You know, God is omnipresent. Omnipresent is a theological word, which means that God is everywhere present. Amen? Amen. When, when we talk about God being omniscient, it means that God is all-knowing. When we say that God is omnipotent, we say that God is all-powerful. Amen? But when we say that God is omnipresent, that means that he's present everywhere. But even though he's present everywhere, you don't always sense his presence. Or we could say it this way, even though he is present everywhere, we are not we are not, let's include ourselves in this, we are not always aware of his presence. Now, I'm going to give you some things, and I, I can't do it this morning, but you can get your own list and think about this these couple of weeks. And maybe even send me an email or call Jane. That How do you, as an individual, what do you do to practice his presence? What are the things that you do that make you more aware of his presence? Amen. And we could go into quite a long list. But I want to share with you this morning, briefly, that 
the presence of God, we could say it this way, there are three main purposes for his presence in our lives. When we're talking about presence, we're talking about the glory. When we're talking about the glory, we're declaring what? Greater glory. Not just greater glory in the land, not just greater glory in our church, but greater glory in our individual lives. How many of you want to go up a notch or two this year? How many of you want to go from glory to glory to glory? Well, I'm talking to the right crowd then today. But this is not an all-inclusive list. I don't have all the answers. Don't pretend to have all the answers. But I do have an answer for every question. I do. Many times is, I don't know. But I can answer just about it. I can answer every question. Amen? And to act like you know when you don't know is a problema. That's another subject right there. Anyway, there are three main purposes for his presence. Number one, to guide us, to guide us, even the spirit of truth, whom the Father will send in my name, he will lead you and guide you into what? All the truth. All the truth truth for what? Well, all the truth concerning the word of God, but all of the truth for your life. Did you know that we'll be answerable to him for what we walked in down here? You've got to know what is true for you. You've got to know what his plan is for you. So number one, he's given us the spirit of God. And as many as are led by the spirit of God, what are they? They're the sons of God. Now that word sons there, which I had another hour or two, that word sons there means mature sons of God. That means this, that you are growing and you are developing in your walk with God and you are growing up spiritually when you learn to be led by the spirit of God. Woo! Amen. So number one, to, 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 to guide us. Man, I need a guide. Did you know that the answer to a man in one question is this? Be led. Be led. Be led. Do I have peace on this? Look at it in another way. Is his presence on this decision? Come on. Come on. I'm called to glory. I'm called to presence. Is, is he in this? Because I don't want to be in what he's not in. I don't want to be on what he's not on. Moses said, um, if your presence doesn't go with me, (laughs) count me out, right? Just count me out. We look at this church as a presence-based church. What does that mean? That means wherever his presence is, we're in. Whatever his presence is on, we're on. But what his presence is not in for us, and what his presence is not on for us, we're not in and we're not on. You can live that way in your own life. You know most savre de shtea. You do not need most savre de kesta obradea. You do not need to live up to the expectations of man and the will or desires of others. But yea, saith the Lord, spend time with me. 
Find my will. Find my purpose. Find where my presence is leading you. Walk in it and you'll be glad and rejoice. And your day will be great and it will be awesome. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. So number one, to guide us. But now coupled with this in number one is the spirit of the Lord. The presence of the Lord is also given to us to help us to develop our character and produce fruit. The development of character and the production of fruit in our lives is very important. We do not want to just be all charisma and all gifts and at the end of the day live like a bunch of drunken soldiers or sailors. Amen? And so the Bible talks about the fruit of the recreated human spirit. The fruit of the recreated human spirit is found in Galatians chapter 5, mm -hmm. in verse 22. Yeah. He says, walk in the spirit and you will not fulfill the lusts of the flesh. Right. And he goes on to list what the lusts of the flesh are, but then he also goes to list what the fruit of the spirit is. Can anyone tell me what one of the fruit of the spirit is? Peace. Peace. I heard love. What else? Joy. What else? Patience. Patience. What else? Goodness. What else? Meekness, what else? How about faithfulness, temperance? The Bible says, against such, there is no law. In other words, there is nothing that can prevail in my life and in your life when we're walking in the Spirit. For we will not fulfill the lust of the flesh when we walk in the Spirit, but we will fulfill the plan of God. Amen. And the plan of God is for us to be loving. Mm -hmm. yeah, it, is. It, is. it is. Us to be gracious. Yeah. Us to walk in peace. Mm -hmm. Walk in joy. Did you know that the plan of God also for us is to be faithful? Yes. Yeah. It is also for us to be temperate or to be self-controlled. Yeah. And so if... If we just put that list out here as a rule of law and regulation, say, go do it. Without God, forget it. Yeah. <laughs> There's no way. There's no way that you can be patient without him. There's no way that you can be loving without him because there are too many unlovely people out there. And your tendency when you run up against unloving people is to be unloving. But that is not the way of the kingdom. The way of the kingdom is be a blessing wherever you are. Do good to those you meet. Hallelujah. Now that's a whole series right there. Now secondly, here's another work of the Spirit in our lives. But you shall receive power after the Holy Ghost is come up on you, up on. You have the Spirit within, but you also have the Spirit up on. <laughs> up on. And when the Spirit comes up on you, it is an empowerment for service. It's an empowerment to be a witness. It's just there upon you. Listen. I know Brother George knows this, and I know you all know this as well. But when the Spirit of God comes upon you, you're turned into another man. That's right. You say things you never intended to say. You see things you never thought you could see. You know things you never thought you'd ever know. That's right. Woo, glory. Come on, saints. 
You not only have the Spirit in you, you got the Spirit upon you. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Let's just raise our hands and thank Him. Say with me, Spirit of the living God, you live on the inside of me. Lead me. Guide me into all the truth. Help me to walk in the Spirit. Spirit of the living God, come upon me. I declare that I am effective in the service of the Lord because the Spirit of God He's up on me. Woo! Spirit of the Lord is on me. He has anointed me. Yeah, the Spirit of the Lord is on me. He's anointed you. Say it with me. I have an anointing. I have an unction from the Holy One. And so while you are in the office, and you are being accused of something you did not do and had nothing to do with, expect me to come upon you and give you the answer. I'll fill your mouth with wisdom. I'll fill your mouth with grace. Expect the Spirit of the Lord to come up on you, not only in this place, but outside of these walls and you shall be turned into another man, and no weapon formed against you will prosper. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. Thank you, Lord. And then lastly, spirit within, spirit upon. Now listen to this. The spirit among. The spirit among. The spirit among us. They were all filled with the Holy Ghost. Well, let's look at Acts 2, verses 1 through 4. We're, we're just about done. Don't get nervous in the service. That's not presence. Acts chapter 2, verses 1 through 4. And when the day of Pentecost was fully come, they were all with one accord in one place. One place. Verse 2. And suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind. Now notice, here it is. And it filled. Everyone say, it filled. It filled. What did it fill? Well, you know, they got filled, but you know, the whole house got filled. I wonder what can happen when spirit-filled Christians come together. Huh? I wonder what could happen if you just practice his presence and stay full, and if I'd practice his presence and stay full, we'd come in filled with an expectation of glory that's in us and upon us, inviting the Lord to be among us. Among us. Among us. What I'm, what I'm, what I'm getting at here today is a tangible presence of him. In this place. That when people drive on our parking lot, they know there's something different. When people walk in this building, they know there's something different. It must be Him. It must be His presence. Because quite frankly, 
His presence and His anointing makes all the difference in this man's life, in this man's life, in this lady's life, and in all of our lives. And when He's among us, ooh, you can't even describe it in English. It is joy unspeakable and full of glory. That's enough for today. Let's all stand up. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Glory to God. Glory to God. The Bible says that in his temple will everyone speak of his glory. Hallelujah. Glory, 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 glory. Thank you, Master. Thank you, Father. For you are good and your great mercy endures forever. Lord, we acknowledge this today that you are more than enough for our needs. That you're more than enough for our healing. That you are more than enough for our peace of mind. Oh, in the name of Jesus. Lord, I pray that every one of us in this place would tap into and know more about the hope of our calling. Called to glory. Called to Advance your cause in the name of Jesus.